0: Welcome back to Ladies of LifeSite. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm your host, Stella Moore. As we all know, there has been a lot going on with the Supreme Court and the Roe v. Wade leak. Today, I am joined by Claire Kratian, one of LifeSight's very own, to unpack all of the news surrounding this leak. Claire has been with LifeSite for six years, and she's a contributing editor for LifeSite. She has previously served as LifeSite's Washington, D.C. correspondent, covering U.S. politics, the Supreme Court, bioethics, the Catholic Church, and everything in between. Claire, thank you for coming on to this week's episode. I'm so happy to be joined by another fellow LifeSite lady. I'm so glad to be here, Stella. You know a lot about what's going on. Um, You have a lot of knowledge about the Supreme Court. Would you mind telling us real quick how you got so involved heavily with the pro-life movement in general? It started when I was in college,
1: and became pro-life rather unexpectedly. It's kind of a long story, but I basically realized the injustice of abortion. I realized the humanity of the pre-born child and the inhumanity of abortion. And I felt very motivated to do something about this terrible injustice that's harming women and harming children. So I was involved with my Students for Life chapter at the University of Alabama, Bama Students for Life. Through that, just became very active in, in different parts of the pro-life movement. It's how I have met some really, really fantastic people over the years. And of course, I started reading LifeSite as a college student so that I could learn more about just pro-life news and, and what was going on in the bioethics sphere. And then I joined LifeSite back in um, 2016. And yeah, it's been, it's been quite an adventure. And so much has happened in the pro-life space since I joined the movement. I mean, if you think back to even 2015, 2016, the abortion landscape in the U.S. was dramatically different than it is now. For example, in 2013, Texas was having a huge fight in their state uh, and in their state legislature over a 20-week abortion ban. Okay, so we're talking about late-term abortion here. There was this huge uh, filibuster by Wendy Davis, all of the, these protests by abortion supporters outside the state capitol, and this was over late-term abortion, right? So to think that even in 2013, a state like Texas was having to fight tooth and nail to ban late-term abortion more than halfway through pregnancy, well, we've come quite a long way from that because now in Texas... Um, if a baby has a heartbeat, which is a, starts at about six weeks, that baby cannot be aborted. So the pro-life movement has just made huge strides over the
0: past few decades, really, especially over the past decade. All of us obviously know, surface level at least, I'm assuming, about the Roe v. Wade leak, but there's a lot to it and there's a lot to understand. I mean, the leak itself, There was it was almost 100 pages long, the document. With such extensive background around the topic that you have, Claire, can you dumb it down for us a little bit and really tell us the nitty-gritty about the leak and what's most important to understand? Let's start with what Roe v. Wade is. Roe v. Wade is the 1973 Supreme Court decision
1: that imposed abortion on demand across all 50 states. So Roe v. Wade and its sister decision, Doe v. Bolton, basically allow for abortion at any point during a pregnancy in the U.S. Because of Dovey Bolton, Dovey Bolton basically said that health of the mother can mean a lot of different things, mental health, financial health, emotional health. So that's so broad that basically it allowed for a lot of post-viability late-term abortions, basically said that states cannot restrict abortion before viability, which, of course, is a very nebulous point in pregnancy because as science advances, viability becomes earlier and earlier when a baby can survive with assistance outside the womb. Because, of course, we know that even newborns are not viable without help from their mothers. So anyways, Roe v. Wade and Dovey Bolton have imposed this regime of abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason in the U.S. And this has largely been What the abortion landscape in the US has been since 1973. Some progress has been made. So, some states have been able to limit abortion so that there's no late term abortion in in some states, or they only have one abortion facility. In some states, you can't get a late term abortion, but there's no federal law restricting elective abortion, basically. And there are a number of late term abortion. Facilities in the U.S. where babies are literally aborted in the 30th, uh, 35th, 38th week of pregnancy. And there's abortion pill by mail in many parts of the country. So basically, the U.S. is one of seven countries with just unrestricted, unlimited abortion. Uh, Mississippi has passed a 15 week abortion ban. So it bans most abortions after 15 weeks in the state of Mississippi. But of course, 15 weeks is before quote, viability, end quote. So this case made its way all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has heard a ton of abortion-related cases since Roe. There was Planned Parenthood v. Casey in 1992, which basically allowed states to have some limits or restrictions on abortion, but still uphold the fundamental part of Roe. And then the Supreme Court since then has struck down clinic regulations, but upheld a federal ban on partial birth abortion, which is a type of abortion, but you can still have a late-term abortion. It's just one type of late-term abortion that's banned. Other methods of late-term abortion are still allowed. So the Supreme Court, in hearing this Mississippi 15-week case, really only have two choices. They can either allow Mississippi to ban abortion at 15 weeks, which, would, which in effect overturns Roe, and says that actually, yes, states can limit abortion, or they have to uphold Roe. And this leaked opinion written by the great Justice Samuel Alito is the overturning of Roe. It's a very, very strong pro-life opinion. And if the Supreme Court does, in fact, issue this opinion or a similar opinion, then states would be free to set their own abortion laws This would be great because it would mean that uh, red states would effectively become safe havens for human babies in the womb. But it would still mean that the pro-life movement has a ton of work to do because liberal states like California, New York, Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Illinois are all still going to be having abortion on demand through all of pregnancy. The leak itself is really Significant. There's never been a leak of an opinion like this before in the history of the Supreme Court. I, there have been some leaks. I don't know, a hundred years ago, and and you know, occasionally there will be rumors and things like that. But a leak of this magnitude of an actual opinion that was circulated amongst the justices is totally unprecedented. This is really exciting, and the pro life movement and just pro life Americans should be praying that the opinion does in fact come out and that it's what the leak was, because that would be really, really strong. And that would be a huge improvement in what the abortion landscape of the U.S. is.
0: You touched a little bit on like the states such as Illinois that will always be pro abortion. And I mean, we have Joe Biden who calls himself a Catholic and he also calls himself the president. And he said a few days ago that Roe is basic fairness and it's the stability of our law and it can't be overturned, blah, blah, blah. And then just recently, yesterday, the Protestant and lesbian mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, tweeted and issued a call to arms saying that the Supreme Court was going to come after the LGBT community next. I mean, it's very clear that the corrupt government is all on the same page here. How do these leaders affect what is happening, or how could they?
1: Well, it's very concerning to see some statements... Such as Lori Lightfoot, and it's very concerning that there have been protests outside the Supreme Court justices' homes. That itself is very unprecedented. There, there's this group called Ruth Sent Us, which has been doxing the um, conservative or conservative-leaning Supreme Court justices, having people protest outside there. So I think there's like real concern for the safety of of these justices who are being harassed by. Abortion activists and I hope we just can all pray that they will that the activists will will stop doing this because it's it's really unprecedented. Hey, I may keep using that word, but it, it really is. If Roe is overturned, I, I think politicians like our mayors of liberal cities or President Biden will will, I'm sure, do everything in their power to preserve a so-called right to abortion, but we'll also see pro-life leaders and pro-life elected officials doing everything they can to stop abortions. And I think there will be some sort of battle over, do we want federal pro-life legislation in addition to our state pro-life legislation? Just today, the day we're recording this, you guys are listening to this, the vote will have already happened, but the U.S. Senate is voting on the Women's Health Protection Act, which is a totally misleading name because it's basically an act to enshrine abortion through all nine months of pregnancy uh, into federal law. So both sides are definitely going to push back at the federal level, but it sort of remains to be seen what track the pro-life movement will take. Different pro-life groups have different opinions on that. But the left is pretty unified in their desire to have abortion you know, available in every state across the country.
0: I mean, Claire, where do you see this going if Roe v. Wade is overturned? I think before Roe, there was something like 30 states had banned abortion. Do you think that we can go back to that?
1: So we're really going forward to a more just uh, world where every human being is welcomed in life and respected in law. If Roe falls, which with this opinion, if if this opinion doesn't come out as it was leaked, then yes, there are some states that have pre-Roe abortion bans on the books it's a little bit unclear about whether those laws would be enforced, especially in states like Michigan, where you have a liberal governor, liberal, liberal attorney general. So there are some, there are some states with pre row bans on the books. Are those the same as the trigger laws? Those are different. The trigger laws are laws that were passed in states since Roe v. Wade. And these are laws that say if Roe v. Wade is overturned, our state will then ban abortion or our state will then severely limit abortion. So if Roe does indeed fall, then these laws will immediately or or soon go into effect preventing ab- abortion. So what we'll basically see in say the month after Roe falls, we'll see the uh, Northeast and the West Coast having unrestricted abortion just as they do now. And then we'll see most of the South and middle America, banning it or restricting it with Illinois and maybe one or two other states like Michigan still having it or, or in some way aiding it.
0: Where do we exactly today stand? I mean, obviously, you touched on the Supreme Court justices are scared for their life. There's protests outside of their house. Nobody knows what's going to come from the pro-abortion mob. We really need to pray for all of these people. But what is happening right now with this leak? Chief Justice John
1: Roberts has said that there will be an investigation into who leaked it because there are, you know, only a certain number of people who have access to that opinion, the justices and their clerks, and maybe a few other Supreme Court employees. I'm not sure. So Justice Roberts has said that there will be an investigation. And now it's just sort of waiting time. We just have to wait and see if the court issues its opinion. Now the the court could could do so at any time. Often they put on supreme they put out they have a little calendar there where you can see when their decision day is going to be and when they're going to release a decision. But it's it's totally up in the air now. They they may not even put that on their website just because of the leak and and how crazy everything is. I'm told that there is a big pro abortion and I think, a pro-life presence, too, outside the court. A big fence has been put up around it. I worry about what the left is going to do this summer. Are they going to riot over this? We've already seen pro-life groups like Oregon Right to Life and um, a pro-life group in Wisconsin getting their offices vandalized and firebombed. But all of the reaction from the left, Stella, really points to the a lot of this pain in our culture, deep, deep pain in people, pain from their own abortions or pain from not knowing their dignity and their worth as a human being and as a child of God. And so there's so much healing that our culture needs to do. And I really hope that more people can find healing and peace that comes from knowing our own intrinsic worth as humans and knowing the intrinsic worth of others.
0: There is a lot of pain and it's really sad to see what's happening with the pro-abortion mob and the left and all of the hateful things they're saying against these unborn children that can't defend themselves. So thank you for sharing all of that. Claire, is there anything else that you would like to tell us or share about this leak that we should know? The fact that it was leaked shows that the left is really
1: terrified. The general consensus is that it was leaked by, you know, an, an abortion supporter who's panicking. If Roe falls, this will be a huge, huge win, but there will still be work to do. There will still be a lot of pro-life work to do in many ways. It will be even harder because there are going to be these blue strongholds where abortion is so um, fundamentally protected in law up until birth. There will be a lot of progress and a lot of other work for the pro-life movement to do and make after Roe falls. Things like making it easier to raise a family on one income and protecting the rights of pregnant women when they're giving birth. And making some of our bioethic flaws better, restricting surrogacy, which really treats women like just wombs to be rented. So there there is so much to to do. And the fact that the court is poised to overturn Roe is so incredible and so huge. But it's it's not the end. It's just the beginning. So I would, I would encourage all of our listeners keep following along on LifeSite. Um, as there are updates, we will be providing all of them. We'll be providing all of breaking news about this. And I think we should just all pray, you know, pray for healing for people who are, are hurting, pray for conversion and pray for safety. It's quite a time to be alive. I think there are a lot of people who never thought they would see this day, but here we are.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say they're, they're like, I never thought I would be alive to see this. So there's a ton of work to be done even if Roe is overturned. But it's something that we all all need to be in favor of and need to be supporting. And it's amazing that this has even happened.
1: There are so many pro-life heroes who fought for decades and then have since died. And I just think that they would be they would be so happy if they were here with us today. And one other thing to add, Stella, is just that the work of pregnancy resource centers and the work of pro-lifers to support people in difficult circumstances, unexpected pregnancies, poverty, all of that, we will continue to do that. And the pro-life movement will continue to step up through our many programs and, and centers and initiatives so that families have the support that they need.
0: Yeah, there's a ton of resources now for women. And I think the biggest thing that we really all need to be doing is just praying. I mean, praying for all of this and for the future of abortion and ending it in general. Claire, it was a pleasure to have you join Ladies of Lifesite today. I am sure you will be back soon and we will get to hear from you again. I appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge. I know I will continue to keep the Supreme Court and those in support of abortion, the innocent souls that have lost their lives to abortion in my prayer intentions, and I hope everyone will do the same. So thank you, Claire, for tuning in. Thanks, Stella. God bless. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for joining this week's episode of Ladies of Lifesite. I'm your host, Stella Moore, and I'll be back next week with another episode. Be sure to subscribe to our email list so you can know when our next episode goes live. You can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. For questions, comments, and topic ideas that you'd like to hear in the future, please email ladiesoflifesite at at com. We would love to hear from you, and I hope you have a great week.